Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So for all of you that celebrated Easter yesterday, I hope it was great for you. I hope you embrace that time you have with family. I don't know if some of you broke the rule of not being in a group larger than one. I didn't know that a group consisted of more than just just one person. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed it. For me, it's Holy Monday, uh, you know being Orthodox uh, Greek as well. <laughs> We're always late to the party. So I hope that, um, you know, all of you are taking time during this quarantine and uh, getting informed and having a more, mm, I want to say, objective perspective, because it's a really difficult objective for all of us to have, right? It's very difficult. We all know that. I, I've been saying it from day one um, when I hit the airwaves on my own, rather than being guests on various stations, um, and from writing under pen names and then boldly publicly with my own because I knew that the jig was up. I knew the jig was up the minute President Trump was elected. And, uh, it, you know, that emboldens a lot of people. And I'm hoping that a lot of people that I've worked with that have worked with me in the same capacity, um, you know, are emboldened too. Uh, because fear is a very serious factor to a lot of things we do and say. I mean, there's a lot of people that want to talk, they want to tweet, they want to share, but they don't out of fear. And the power that someone has over you is the power you allow them to have over you, right? And and that is something that we need to remember that we should be standing for something or we fall for anything. And I, you know what? I had been standing for absolutely nothing, zero zilch up until 12 years ago. Absolutely nothing. Like I thought I did. I was quasi, you know, I had, you know, some guidance. I, I, I was raised in a very strong, uh, religious and, and loving family. But, you know, when they train you from a young age and, you know, at some point, maybe I can be a little bit more open with it. I mean, I, you know, I allude to it a lot, but then I can be a little bit more open with it because it's hard for me to struggle with it. Uh, you know, thinking, gosh, how am I so smart and yet so stupid? And it's not that it's not when you know you're smart, when you know, Hey, you know, math, psh, I, I, I know it better than English. You know, nobody can get me makes you really, um, how, what is it? Prideful. And then you don't see, uh, the things at your feet. So, since my NDA, the one NDA that I had signed on April 12th, right, uh, 2000, actually expired yesterday, I put out some information. Now, uh, my listeners have heard me talk about GSG. You've seen me tweet about GSG and my boss, Brennan, right? And, you know, when he wasn't CIA director, keep in mind, um, a lot of times uh, saying what I can because I couldn't tell you a lot about global securities group without being able to talk about tech because all of you are now realizing the one thing that the president has been telling you, how come they stick together and the Republicans don't right? 
And you know what that glue is? It's called blackmail. So we'll get into that after we look at what is going on today, because I want to take you down a trip down memory lane so you can see how uh, apparent everything is and how you're like, darn it, how did I miss that? And hey, (laughs) I was there. It wasn't until I realized that all the work that I was doing, all those internships, right? And all that flashiness, they had so much control of every facet of my life. And I'll tell you, you know, when we're, when, for those of you that are religious in any, in any shape or form, almost every single religion has the same dogma that if you relinquish yourself of the earthly, you know, passions like money and your clothes, it doesn't literally mean like have no clothes. It doesn't literally mean give away all your money in your house. So that way you're just on the street. It means to not allow it to have power over you. And now it's a struggle. How do you become normal after you've led such an abnormal life? You you really don't, Uh, but you try because you realize what is worth. And just from the news that you're seeing that happened over the weekend, you know, I told you guys Friday was a big day. Here we go. Shots were fired, right? You know, per se, right? Not like, you know, death wise, I guess death to the cabal (laughs) because they're all going down. But, but I, I did mention long-term goals. That's the key. And when you see that there's long-term goals, you see that there's a lot of people working for one common good. And that good is to allow people to shed those, um, earthly bounds. Huh? That's, that's the word that I was looking for bounds because you're bound by that, which you give power to. Right. Um, and, and not only in a spiritual sense, but in an actual sense, like, And we all share that same common reality of what we give power to. So hence, we're all bound to it, right? So remember when this whole coronavirus thing started to pop out? I was probably the only one saying, look, it's not a really big deal. Um, They're going to make it a big deal. And yes, people are dying. Don't get me wrong. It is a real thing with very high efficacy, but it's highly specific, like I said. And now all of that is coming out. But this was all planned. It was all a plan to box. And the thing is, I've realized myself over the years that every decision that I thought I made, I didn't make. They made you think you make that decision. And... Uh, even though the power, you know, they love to maintain power. They will do anything to maintain power. The power that they are is not the power over you. It's the fact that they're duping you while they have power over you and you don't get it. That's the ultimate power. And I'll elaborate a little bit more on that, that higher loyalty they talk about and, you know, how they click together. But I thought I could start with, um, you know, what we're seeing now with Fauci and, and Gates and all of this coming out. You're kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, this was kind of expected, kind of saw this coming. And it's like, wait, no, President Trump saw this coming. He created the PEPFAR crew. He created that coronavirus, you know, task force, because like I said, when he came out about it, I said, look, they're going to try to nail it on him. If he does something, he's doomed. If he doesn't do anything, he's doomed. So what did he do? He said, you decide who the experts are. These are great. Let's put them in front of the people. You take it. President Trump, what do the numbers look like? Well, I know my numbers. I'll just let the experts tell you though, because I'm not a doctor. So let them speak. This is how you win by letting them pull their own pants down. And I could tell you that sitting on the sidelines for the past 12 years, watching these people operate, 
mm, watching them operate, okay, watching them operate, it was insane. Because it's like, have you ever had that? You, all of you have had that friend uh, at a younger age or older age that had that girlfriend or the wife that they cheated on. And then they're sitting there preaching to someone, why are you cheating on your wife? Why are you cheating on your girlfriend? Right. And you're just like, what the heck? Didn't you? It's like someone coming out saying abortions are bad, but they just had one like an hour ago. Right. It's murder. But they just had one an hour ago. You know, those people, that's exactly what these clowns are doing. They're sitting there dishing. I'm watching them and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's like that. It's that friend that did what they're preaching not to do. And I see it and it makes me sick. But all you can do is watch and wait for the right time because there's always the right time. You know, kind of, I, I was talking about Venezuela way too early, wasn't that guys? I was talking about Venezuela in 2018, but I had to use that opportunity to show you how everything is mapped out, how the president was working on Venezuela way before anybody even thought of Venezuela, right? How he was saying no cryptocurrency, no gold exchange, and how, you know, Blumenthal was losing tons of cash. How Pelosi, her husband's, you know, shipping business was going insane. <laughs> because there's always a method that you can circumvent their methods. You know, I talked about tech and we're going to talk about that today because that was one of the biggest scandals ever. There was no hack, absolutely zero hack, zero. And all you have to see is the companies that were responsible for this whole supposed hack are still working for the Department of Defense, still working for the FBI, still working for the clown agency. You want to call it intelligence? They need to gut it, Right. Where, where is someone with the cojones to gut the central intelligence agency? We've got intelligence agencies that actually do their job. Huh? FBI, are they law enforcement, intelligence? What are they? I'm going to try to introduce you to understand how it is from a contractor's perspective, right? And how that was all created and how blackmail is used. You'll think, well, why passports? Because I was told to. See, back in the days, we didn't have USB drives, you know, and we didn't have, you know, cloud drives, right? You were told to make copies because one little thing, it gets corrupted. We still used, we still used backup drives for Iron Mountain that were, you know, three and a half inch discs at some points. Now I was, I was simply doing administrative, uh, you know, work and, you know, just so you know, and I'm just going to say this now, I, you know, as any good person, when they're young and they're doing a job, if your boss tells you to make a copy of certain files on disks, right? Or on a drive and then transport it to another computer or whatever, you're going to make a backup just in case because it might corrupt. It might break down, right? So that extra copy I made just to be on point, right? To make sure, oh wait, that was corrupted. That's okay. I got this right here is the reason why I realize that God puts his hands where, you know, you least expect it. Like just me being, you know, a little bit extra careful for my work, not with the intent of, oh, let me get this. 
oh, let me get that or let me do this or let me, you know, espionage this. That wasn't the case. The case was I needed to make an extra copy to make sure that I did my job correctly because I don't know if it didn't transport correctly to the computer by the time it got to Europe, what if it was corrupt and you know, I don't have access to that computer to copy anymore. I could be in trouble, right? I could be like, you failed your job. You failed this. And I was running with some really big wigs. So I always tried to make them happy. I was young. I was stupid. I was, and you know what? A friend of mine said, don't say stupid. It's naive right? It's naive. And, and that's how they manipulate really smart people by, uh, using the naive aspect they have and, um, using it to their advantage. So the extra copy, right? Was not, you know, just the, the celebrities that they want to tell you and McCain's past. McCain was just thrown in there cause he was the boss. When have you seen, uh, anyway, let me not start on that yet. Let's wait a bit because I want us to talk about what's happening right now because then when we go retroactively to attack, you'll understand what's happening, how they're trying to entrap the president and for what reason. So take a listen to President Trump answering questions about reopening and decisions and and we'll elaborate on that a little bit because their tactics are the same. I've said this before. Uh, Corrupt people have like one playbook and they sweat it so hard. All they do is use the same rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat because they're, it's, it's, it's the rule book. It's a rule book. So take a listen. Just thinking about uh, for borders, I just thought for ordinary Americans who are currently stuck at home, if they're tested for antibodies, they, it turns out they've had the disease and therefore shouldn't be infected again. Uh, some sort of documentation that would allow them to go back to work safely. You mean once they get better? Yeah, well, people, you might not Okay, so they have the disease and they're better and they have the immunity now they they have supposedly according to what i'm hearing it could be for a long period could be for a lifetime it could also be for a year or two i'm hearing tony so uh, nobody's told me yet if it's for a year if it's for two years or if it's for a lifetime like chicken pox they say if you have chicken pox you have immunity they say for a lifetime i hope that's true but but nobody's actually told me with certainty maybe because they don't know yet you don't know yet because it's new. You know, this came upon us. Nobody knew. We just, we just, they do know you have it for a period of time. And it's strong for a period of time. They don't know. And that's hence the antibodies that we're making. Uh, I saw somebody who was really sick and he got better. A young person, relatively young person, 35, and uh, physically fit, you know, and he, he got better. He made it, barely, but he made it. His first thing that he did when he was better is, I want to give. I want to give whatever I can give to help other people because nobody should go through it. It's a tough, it's a tough thing. So we don't know yet how long, if you'd like to add anything to that, but we don't know yet. If, is it a year? It will be a year, but is it more than a year? And only time is going to tell. Okay. Thank you. One more question. Ahead, one more. Will you have governors, mayors, members of Congress on the open, the country council that you talked about? Yeah, I think so. I think we're going to put some uh, governors. I've gained great respect for governors, both Republican and Democrat. I've actually become friends with some of the Democrat governors that I wouldn't have really had the privilege of getting to know. And uh, Governor Murphy of uh, New Jersey is a very liberal guy. I'm not. But we've had a great relationship. Uh, John Bell as you know, I call him John Bell, but John Bell Edwards, people call him John Bell. Sort of a cool name. 
uh, from Louisiana. I, I have a very good relationship with him. Uh, Gavin Newsom. Honestly, I, I think uh, we fight or never. Hey, we're fighting right now. I want automobiles to be made cheaper and safer and stronger. And but you save three, four thousand dollars per auto and environmentally equal or better, maybe. And we're fighting on that. We're fighting a lot of different things. We fight on the border. He wants open borders. I want I want people to come into our country illegally. But I've gotten very friendly with Gavin Newsom. He's done a very good job here. Uh, I think I've gotten very friendly. I mean, he's been, I think, sort of a friend of mine for a long time. Don't get to see him much. But Governor Cuomo of New York would, would talk all the time. I told you, I spoke to him literally the last call just before walking in here. Uh, I've gotten to, I've really developed a lot of good friendships with the governors, and including the governors, uh, I think Mike DeWine, Republican, but I think he's done a great job in Ohio. So, yeah, I want to put on uh, both parties. I want to have some governors. I'm not going to have all of the governors, but I'd like to put some representative governors on the council. Yes, I would like to do that. Any to serve? I have. I've asked a couple of them. They've all said yes. So far, everyone said yes. I think everybody would like to be on that council. That's a very important council. Go ahead in the back. You haven't gone yet. Thank you, Mr. President. Two questions, if I may. Uh, do you have a message to those pastors who are still planning to have Easter services defying the public health guidelines? Well, so you're going to have to say it louder. To those what? To those pastors who are still planning to have Easter services in to person. Pastors who oh, the are pastors. I didn't understand your word. Okay. You have a very nice voice, but it's a little bit low, and you're far back. Uh, I've had talks with the pastors, and most of the pastors agree. And it's a very complex subject. Let's face it, you know, for the obvious reasons. I don't have to go into it. Most of the pastors agree that they are better off doing what they're doing, which is distancing. Uh, they feel that let's get this over with, and they want to get back to church so badly. I mean, can you imagine we have Easter Sunday, and I'm going to be watching uh, Pastor Robert Jeffress, who's been a great guy, did I tell you? He's been a great guy, and I'm going to be watching on a laptop. Now, a laptop is not the same as being in his church or being in another church. It's not. No matter what you say, you don't get to say, oh, isn't it wonderful? Uh, but I've uh, done this for three weeks, and they've had tremendous — I let people know who it is. They've had the biggest audiences they've ever had. They have millions of people now watching, and people are really liking what they're hearing. So I'm going to be with, uh, on Easter, Pastor — I don't even know if he knows it yet, but — he will soon. I think he will in about two minutes. Uh, Pastor Robert Jeffress. And he's a terrific guy, a terrific man. I've gotten to know him very well. He's a man of great compassion. He loves our country. And I'm going to be with him on Easter, meaning I'm going to be with him uh, watching on a laptop. Doesn't sound good, but it's, you know, it's one of those things. It cannot be church. You know, I'm not going to get into it. It cannot be church. Uh, most pastors and most people you know, of faith, people that we listen to and respect and admire. Uh, Franklin Graham is a person I have great respect for. Most people will, who's done an incredible job in New York on Central Park where they put up Samaritan's Purse, he's done an incredible job. The son of the late, great Billy Graham. His family is incredible. He's incredible. Franklin Graham, the job he's doing on I mean, he loves to do it. He, he has such a passion, and that's why he's so good at it. He does it with with incredible love. And uh, 
he will tell you. We're all saying we've got to get our country cured. I know there are some uh, pastors and ministers and others that want to get together. I would, and I have great respect for them. Two of them I know. But I would say first, heal. I'm a Christian. Heal our country. Let's get healed before we do this. And this time to do that, we'll do it for hopefully the rest of our lives. Because there are better days to come, really better days. And before I play the next question, which is important, I want you to contemplate the questions that they asked him about the governors and making this committee and figuring out how to do it. You know, they're all trying to entrap him with questions on taking lead. And he has so uh, eloquently, um, you know, left it so vague, but made it clear where he sits. He, you know, they have... 25 drafts of a 25th Amendment filing ready for him. The minute he was like, man, they're blowing this. They're making numbers that are impossible. If he was to say anything, that would be the moment that they would drop that 20. They're all sitting, waiting, because they want to use this. I know all of us are talking about the mail-in ballots. That's key. All of them are coming out, mail-in, 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 stealing the election, because that is the last thing that they can do because if he does comply with their plan and allows it to drag out till the elections they won't allow him to postpone the election they're going to want mail-in ballots right that's how they want to do it mail-in because they can steal it like this because then he's nuts then he's this well he can he can fix this and and the way he fixes it is by delegating he doesn't have to make the decision he can delegate this is why we have 50 states this is why we have 50 governors this is how you delegate And he is the master of that because he, like many out there, know exactly how deeply entrenched these people are. You think that you're hiring someone. I'll I'll, I'll take you to uh, to a uh, an assignment I had where there was a prime minister of a nation that thought they recruited me to come and help with some localization efforts. Right? They thought that they hired me. They, they thought they made the decision. I didn't apply. They thought that they came and headhunted me, you know, because of X, Y, Z. Right. And so there I am sitting in the room, listening to everything when my job was not there to help him, even though I did what I was supposed to do. Right. And give my input. My job was to listen. And you know what? I sat there at the table thinking, Damn, you're a prime minister of XYZ. You're so dumb. Little old me is sitting here. You're so dumb. That is a power trip. And that is the power they like. And that is where I indulge as a little kid thinking, wow, we're so cool. We're doing all this. It's not until you realize or you see something that you can't unsee that, you know, if you have the right foundations, you can break out of that cycle, especially when they don't know. They, they've, they've maimed me. I don't care. I, re- I know where I stand. I'm so firm. My feet are so firm on the ground. They can sling all the mud they want, but what they did was illegal. And you know what the bottom line was? Data. And you're going to be like, data? Yes, data. And here is what the president is styming every step of the way with this 
plandemic is data collection, vaccinations, data collection, data, data. Oh, everyone should be tested. Everyone should be marked. Everyone should this. Everyone should that. This is how we test. This is how we do. This is how we see where we're at. Oh, you know, to be safe, everyone should be tested to see if they have antibodies. Data data, data. It's DNA data, not really checking for antibodies. Let's be straight. So data is the key. And this is what you're going to realize because I've been talking about GSG. And, um, one thing that happened, if you guys remember, um, Millie Weaver had done a, on the millennial Millie, a report about global securities group, uh, you know, a, a couple months ago. And once that report went out, the website was taken down. And so was Damazian, the family fund, right? That was powered by Diablo. If you remember that came down and then weeks later, the sites back up and lo and behold, same exact site, but Damazian now changed. It has trees and it's focusing on green energy. And you're just like, wait a minute. What happened here? And if you look at the people that work there, they're all former GCHQ, former NSA, former CIA, former, former. And you're like, wait a minute, what is this group? And this is where the brain is in Luxembourg, Luxembourg, that little, 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 little itsy bitsy nation, Luxembourg, the one that has office doors with no names, Luxembourg. He knows, the president knows, and he knows that he has to ultimately make the decision because if you get advised, you think you're making the decision, but you're not. That's the key. This is how they operate. They make you think you're making decisions when you're not. That is how they operate. And here's the key question and answer where you're going to see that. Uh, please. Thank you. Um, the mercy and the comfort seem to be underutilized at the yeah. moment in yeah. Los Angeles and New York. Uh, is there any consideration either to sending the medical units into the cities to, to help yes. the hospitals there or to moving the hospital yeah. ships? So the mercy and the comfort uh, were sent when projections were much higher. And I say, Tony backed it up. The forgotten Deborah men and the women statement. of our country will they be said, forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. 
Well, that should have been the answer, but he sat there and said the numbers. Um, and obviously it was advertising time and you know, I play whatever ads I want. Um, and obviously I'm going to promote the president because he has taken on one of the biggest challenges. He is going against an invisible enemy that is right under your nose. He is trying to rebuild foundations on marshlands. How do you rebuild the state department, which is the core of all evil? This is the stomping ground. When he says deep state department, he is not joking. You can't do anything. What he's doing right now is putting stilts around the marsh and trying to lay a new floor. And that's really difficult. How do you take down the whole structure of how your federal government works and build it back up without disruption? (laughs) You can't. So let's listen to his full answer, which was, hey, we sent out the ships. But that should have been the answer. They should have just played that instead. We are unstoppable. That's it. When we're united. See, the comfort and the mercy were there for other purposes. The comfort and the mercy also were there to show as a beacon of light just how much they kept you in fear, hostage in fear, hanging the thought of death in fear. Don't walk out of your house. You're going to die. Don't talk to anyone. You're going to die. Two million people. You're going to die. They, they, they ran that in. They pushed it in. The media still beefs it. I wonder if Cuomo, who has COVID, did he take chloroquine, hydrochloroquine, or is he just faking it? Is coronavirus, a.k.a. ankle bracelet? I don't know. But these are the things and questions we should all be asking while they're trying to entrap our present. But look at his answer, even though I wanted him (laughs) to play that as an answer. He should have a button where he plays that every single time when they ask him a question. Take a listen to his answer, though. You're not going to need these many rooms, but we wanted to be prepared. I mean, you know, we had the ship. They did an incredible job with the the comfort was supposed to be in maintenance for a period of uh, four weeks, and they had it done in three and a half, four days. And it came up. And so we had it there. If there was a, a, a disaster from the standpoint of you needed all of the... Now, I tell you, the Javits Center, uh, Andrew will tell you, we were ready to go. It's incredible, the job they did. But they're, they're using less beds. This is a good thing, not a bad thing. They're using less beds. Now, Javits has been pretty busy over the last couple of days. And the death numbers are horrific. But you go back now and you're finding they're going to start to come down very substantially just based on the fact that the bed usage, the number of beds are much, much less, much, much less. So the mercy and the comfort were there in case they needed them. Uh, Los Angeles, where you have the one and New York, where you have the other, they just don't... uh, Fortunately, we haven't hit numbers where they would have ne- they would have been used. They're always going to be sort of overflow because they're on the edges. You know, they're they're not as convenient as certain places. But uh, the the people were ready, willing, and able. They were ready to go. They were going to do a great job. But fortunately, we don't need just like we didn't need as many ventilators uh, when they were asking in New York for forty thousand ventilators. I had experts. These people, I listened to them. They said you'll never need that many, and they were right. And New York now has its, and I dealt really well with Mayor de Blasio. We got him a lot of ventilators. We got Andrew a lot of ventilators. But we never felt you needed the numbers that you were talking about, and we were right on that. Now, with all of that being said, we have a lot of ventilators ready to go. We have almost 10,000 in the stockpile. That 10,000 can move rapidly. We can be within 24 hours almost anywhere. Uh, 
and hopefully we're not going to have to be, but it's just, it's really, this has been a great military operation. It hasn't all been military because we're dealing with great companies. We have companies that are making masks, and we're all set up on the mask, too. I just told you we have an order coming in soon, 500 million masks, 500 million. We have companies, you know the story with GM or 3M, also GM. (laughs) He's so good at throwing in things. So you see what he did here, right? He created this uh, team. He relied on them. He played and and danced to the drums that the mainstream media were thumping. Oh, my gosh. I will mitigate. I will do this because then in the end, you will sit there with your thumb up your tush and explain to everyone why we had to mobilize all this when it wasn't really necessary. Why we are going to see doctors swatting flies and making videos. I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't and the nurses shouldn't have fun, but let's be honest, right? Is this really the crisis? But this is how you let them pull their pants down. I've been saying this for years. And those of you that have been following me from my, you know, HuffPo days, from, you know, my Breitbart days, you know, where I've just been, well, not a lot of you could, though, because you didn't know my pen name. But, you know, all these things where it would be kind of like, you know, I wrote um, in 2015 that this is going to be the most civilized civil war in human history. And this is exactly what we're seeing because we have a man in office that is not supported by those you see. Because the one thing you need to understand about the intelligence community, it's the perceived in the actual. Perceived in actual. I learned that from a very young age. What you perceive as you know, reality of what's really going on is not the actual. There's two facades to everything. The president knows that better than most. And this is why he's able to uh, juggle with them and dance. He tiptoes and dances. And you can see when he gets upset. You can see when he gets really, really upset. Why? Because he's thinking the same thing. There's been so many times that I've taken my remote control and just chucked it toward my television when I see them talking. And I'm like, why is Jake Tapper talking? Oh my gosh. If I could only say, but here's the thing. He's a private citizen. His mom's a private citizen. Oprah Winfrey's a private citizen. So one thing I can tell you is even from my little, little boot camp photo, you'll see that I was crying. I was crying because I had gotten into the drying room because, you know, my division wasn't in order and it was all a hot mess. But I was crying because I felt so um, privileged to be able to take my picture, uh, you know, um, and, you know, just thinking of the oath that I took uh, a few months before they flew me into the United States to, um, you know, train. I felt so proud that I was crying. And I still do most of the time. I get so emotional because I guess nowadays, you know, so many years later, right, I'm emotional because I'm like, gosh, I was so naive, so dumb. I could have, maybe it just wasn't the time. And there's always like a perfect time. And you know, the time is now because you have a man empowered by so many, so many people that wore hats, didn't wear hats. 
and skirted on the outliers. So many people that have woken up, that have been batting for the wrong team, batting for the right team, not batting for any team, that are supporting him because he has one thing, and that is to put humanity up on the pedestal where it should be, and that we should be free and unbound. That is what his focus has been from day one. These invisible binds. Now, let me put the next question where it showcases just how genius he is. Because when he says I'm a very stable genius, I totally love it. Here we go. Ever had to make Oh gosh darn it. I skipped over it. It's the question of, you know, when are you going to make the decision? Okay, here we go. We love him. We're working so hard and they're going to be back. And I hope they're going to be back even stronger than before. Let me ask you about that, if I can, just to follow up then. You you chose not to do a national stay-at-home order. Now that you say you want to reopen parts of the economy, what authority do you have to do that? Isn't it ultimately up to the states to do that? Yeah, No, it's really – the states can do things if they want. I can override it if I want. But the national stay-at-home, just so you understand, 95 percent – of the country is stay at home. Like as an example, I was speaking with the great governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, the other day. Uh, He has a stay at home. A lot of people didn't even know it, but he had a stay at home. Some people reported Texas wasn't. He had a very strong, actually a very strong stay at home. Uh, 95 to 96 percent, South Carolina, as you know, has it, which at one point a week ago they didn't have South Carolina. Another great governor, McMaster. No, uh, 95% of the country is covered. Now, the states that aren't, and again, constitutionally, from a federalist standpoint, if I thought there was a problem, if I saw a state with a problem, I would absolutely demand it. But they're doing great. And the states that aren't are states that have not had a big problem. What authority do you have to reopen right now? The same way that it's up to the states to shut it down, it's yeah. up to them to reopen. I have, I have great have. authority if I want to use it. I would rather have the states use it. Well, I would rather, and this is so shocking for me. A lot of people are saying, wow, he's really very reasoned, isn't he? A lot of people are shocked. They think I'd do it. I have absolute authority to use it. But so far, our relationship with governors and the job they're doing, I haven't had to do it. Would I do it if I saw a state that was out of control and they didn't have the stay-at-home policy? I would do it in a heartbeat. So the states have the power to do this, okay? So we're going to stop right there from that um, segment. So the states have the power to do it, and they do. And so where are we going to see him step in? Is he going to step in? Is he going to come in and stop? I mean, look at Michigan. They're going insane. Like the governor there, they're asking for her to be recalled, okay? You're not allowed to plant seeds, buy clothes, or any apparatus you might need. Unless it's food, you can't have it. So when does he step in, and is he going to step in? That's a really good question, isn't it? Are we going to reopen up America? Can we force governors to reopen up America? No, because what we need to do is take this opportunity and show people just how important their vote is, just how important it is, who they put in office from mayors to governors to everything. This should be a learning opportunity for everyone. So his delegation is genius, and that is how he's going to leave it. His important decision is to not make one and delegate it and say, I'm here to support you 100%. And I will only come in if the people want me to and watch it happen. See, um, we have, uh, you know, from uh, Fox's Steve Hilton. I want to play this little clip. Listen to what he says about how do we reopen America. Welcome back, everyone. David Nealman is still with us. And we're joined now by biophysicist and venture capitalist Dr. Andrew 
Bogan, Dr. Bogan, um, I'm just going to hand it over to you. Where would you like to pick that up? What would you like to add to what's already been discussed? Well, I think you've captured very well the importance of doing prevalence testing on broad population samples and really understanding where we are with this disease, Steve. Um, I think that's not known. Uh, I think studies like ours, which can be replicated very quickly around the country and around the world, um, should be done and will help inform what the real numbers look like. So I just wanted to ask you to comment um, on the, this is a critical time. I think we all need to be clear about that. Decisions are being made about what comes after the April 30th national guidelines. People are, are wrestling with this question about how do we reopen our economies. I just would like your take, Dr. Bogan, on the, on the, on the two plans. Let's just start with the Scott Gottlieb plan, um, which it seems to me a lot of people are getting behind in uh, Washington and elsewhere, which is let's test everyone, uh, virus test everyone, and then we can isolate the people who have the virus and trace their contacts and so on and manage. Yeah, let's get everybody's DNA, put it on a database quickly before President Trump can take us down quick. Uh, I'm just translating for you. This um, going forward, Dr. Fauci seems to be very keen on that approach. What do you make of it? So testing is important, but we have to realize that there may be a lot of people who have already had this disease that you will not be able to test with a PCR test for active virus, the, the traditional testing that's been done. PCR, just so you know, that's how you analyze, you know, genetic code. That's, you know, that's how you put out the genetic form of things. I'm just kind of like making it super simple for you. That's like the easiest thing to do. This is just DNA analysis 101. Done. You'll only be able to detect that they already had this virus um, if you use a serologic test like the one we did or a laboratory version of it, like the one being developed at Stanford now. Um, but I don't think it's going to be practical if the numbers of infections are as large as they might be, as you suggested earlier, um, to be doing contact tracing for every single infection on a global basis. Um, I just think that there's a very real chance here that this disease has progressed much further than we realize based on the undercounting biases of the way we've been doing testing so far. And if we were able to discover that that were the case, I am very hesitant to say that um, it would be feasible uh, to contact trace every single infection's contacts. Okay, so let me explain to you what contact trace is. So I wrote an article and I published it on Tory Says where I'm talking about the governor of North Dakota who, by the way, is a Microsoft executive. Well, actually, he sold his company to Bill Gates. Bill Gates and him are really, really good friends. And so he brainstormed with a bunch of Microsoft engineers and they came up with an idea. Hey, you know that tracking app you did for the North Dakota State University football team? Well, I want to use that kind of template. So that way I can track people and I want to give them risk scores. I kid you not. This is like real stuff. This is like Chinese social credit system, which by the way, Doug Burgum, the governor of North Dakota and Tim Walls, the governor of Minnesota, who by the way, used to be a Chinese resident. I'm just putting it out there. Um, are all seeing eye to eye on this, that everybody download this app and we're going to determine what kind of risk score it is. But here it is. What he's saying is not only are we going to give you a risk score to us to see how obedient you are in regards to where you go, how you do, what you do, we're also going to be able to retrace every single person you've come in contact with. This is what the contact mapping is, where they will retrace because they can use that data in order to see how um, infections move, you know, help them 
with that data so they can, in an efficient way, deploy it later on a larger scale. Let's just put it that way. I mean, depopulation is, is a thing, isn't it? That's an incredibly important point. You made it really clearly. Um, we have to underline that because this seems to be the direction our policymakers are going in. The other one, uh, David, let me bring you in on this, is this idea of antibody immunity certificates that say, well, if you've had it, you can go back to work. But if the other person in your household hasn't had the virus, they just still have to stay in the shutdown. What do you make of that, David? Well, I, you know, I, I, like you mentioned, you, should, you couldn't have said it better, um, you know, Steve, when, when you, in your opening monologue. You know, you can't, you can't let people go back to work if they don't have it because it creates this perverse incentive that you're going to go out and try and get sick, especially if you know you're not going to get that sick but it, it could create a, a much bigger crisis. I mean, just to, just to add, you know, uh, something that Andrew just said, you know, about, about, about the mass testing. You know, if 50% of the people who have it, who had it, didn't even know they had it, and if 85% of the people had a mild case of it and never got tested, how can you trace 50% of the people who, who had it and didn't even know they had it? That's, that's just, a, that's crazy. I mean, you can... No, it's not crazy. See, because TAC... Stanley Inc. Or what is it called now? They changed their name. <laughs> Gosh darn it. Because this is where it gets good. And you know, look at that timing. Isn't it insanely weird how my <laughs> my NDA expires at this time? Super weird. So CGI, Federal Inc., CGI Inc., also known Stanley. You know who who else was named Stanley? Right. Barack Hussein Obama's mom was actually called Stanley Ann or Ann Stanley. Stanley Ann, right? A dude's name. Remember, I've told you, look out for the middle names. Um, anyway, so they, along with TAC, you know, feed information back to DSG. And even though this JetBlue founder is saying something, yeah, that sounds kind of ridiculous. How do you trace back? Well, Google, well, you know, your emails, well, your texts, well, your location data, well, Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, Timbo, I can give you all the wells because they're all feeding into one place and there's one central brain that's a private company that processes this. Now, even though he's laughing about it, like that's crazy. How do you like trace the contact and the communications and the interactions of 50% of the population? That's, a, that's like 150 million people. And it's like, dude, they do it every day in their sleep. What's up? But see, people don't know that. Because nobody even questioned, well, when the bombing in Belgium happened, how did the FBI tell them who the bomber was? Oh, through their facial recognition. Wait a minute. Why is that jihadi's name or facial recognition system in uh, the United States? How did they have access to his face? Oh, yeah, that's right. Global Securities Group in Luxembourg. You mean the headquarters. It's like the brain and everything else networks, which will help you just this hour when I talk about tech. This will help you understand steel, Halper, Misfud. You think these were all blah, blah, you know, just friends of friends and assets? No, they all work for the same company. The same company. It was one company. Nellior knows that. <laughs> Nellior knows that. Yovanovitch knows that. Your foreign service office, the state of the IG of the State Department, Linick, needs to go. That is the person you need to put under investigation. Linick should be put under investigation. He should be put out. He should be removed. And I've said this for over a year. Fire all the AGs, starting with Stork, even though you nominated him, President Trump. Because what people don't seem to understand is right 
before Barack Hussein Obama is to leave the White House, he creates the NSA IG position as a presidentially appointed position. After he doesn't have Hillary Clinton as the winner of the elections, he nominates Stork. So what happens? President Trump is advised, or he thought he decided, that he's going to nominate him too. Stork, right? IG of the NSA Stork. President Trump thought he made that decision to nominate him, even though President Barack Hussein Obama created that position for the first time in history as a presidentially appointed position, had put him on the plate, and President Trump appointed him himself afterwards. But what happened before he appointed him? Oh, he was offered a job in the Ukraine. He was offered this. He was offered that, working with foreign governments, yet now he's your idea of the NSA. He's the first one that should go with a kick in the butt and a slam of the door. That's the first one that should go. We can have Linick and his little deep state. Your FSOs are the dirtiest people. You think the CIA is bad? Your FSOs are the worst. They are the worst. They are horrible. Ask General Flynn. Just ask him. Ask him how dirty these people are. That's who you have to ask. I'll tell you what. I've said this before on my show. There was one time that I was at an embassy where General Flynn was at. And I was there doing whatever I needed to do. When I saw him, he was like the big, I was like, everybody hates this guy. Everybody I know hates this guy. Why do they hate him? And I just gravitated toward him. He probably didn't even know who is this random chick just strolling up to the group conversation we were having, uh, they were having. And I just gravitated toward him and I just like, Hey, and I like touched the forearm and just look at, I was like, man, he's so good. Everybody hates him. If they hate him, I love him because at that point I had already had that Senka and woke up a little bit, um, after seeing what I saw. And this is, <sighs> I'm going to take a step back a little bit. This is how everything happens through your foreign service office. Every single move and maneuver is done through the FSO. Your state department is the most corrupt. And this is why Pompeo's running it. Nobody else has the cojones to run that. Nobody, nobody, nobody would able to maneuver in a swamp like that. I mean, Mark Straw is still there. Like, why is he still there? Why is he still sitting there as your communications person? Why is he still in that office when he can run point and relay? I guess, you know, sometimes you have to follow the trail of the ants back to the nest. And all of them know that and they're getting craftier. But in, in the next hour, I'm going to walk you through this coronavirus is just um, a play. A play that has been used in the past too. A play where history has been skewed so much that you don't see it. It's just a play. It's a play just applied to the newer, you know, uh, like 2.0. Well, no, it's actually how many times have they done one, two. Um, yeah, that could count. So this is the third time. I, I want to say fourth, but one doesn't is like quasi. So this is the third time this playbook has been played. The whole keep them in terror, keep them in this. And if you look, this is just the Game of Thrones. <laughs> This is the Game of Thrones. And you, the, the way you can see it is by looking at the thrones that have been dominated throughout centuries that you have on written history and what you can garner because that is all fixed and manipulated. Throughout history, you can see how this is done. But there was one crown that left the Paysours. And they loved Barack Hussein Obama. 
they loved him. Have you ever thought, like, how did Barack Hussein Obama just come out of nowhere like a random fart at a table, right? He just... And boom, president. And it's like, what? Hillary Clinton, who's like a legend in dirty politics, he won? McCain, who was the Don, who was the key point. I mean, have you ever seen a funeral like that before in your life except for a president? Mm. No one questions that. That was just totally normal. And the fact that our president had to sit there and let them do it. He had to let them do it. I, I don't know how he controls himself. I mean, with the things he knows... Man, that man is cool as a cucumber. I'll tell you what. And I am so happy that he's in that chair because when you realize just how everything is fixed, how they work, how they operate and how they, because remember for me, they already know who you are. Like, you know, if you're made in, in intelligence, if they make you and they're like, well, you've been made, they know your face now. And so you can't, you know, conduct any clandestine operations or anything. What do you do? You're desk jockey. The key point here is for them to never know your methods. Well, you know, I was the person that was executing their methods on a private sector side. And yet, look, these corporations are still working there. I'm pretty sure there's people on the good and the bad side of things thinking, wait a minute, what did we miss here? Both of them. And the danger is the methods, how they operate. I mean, I've been saying it for over two years, loud and clear on the airwaves, on Twitter. Obviously, I was saying it earlier than that with my personal Twitter account that was banned. But loud and clear. GSG is your hub. Think of it like, you know, uh, one of those sci-fi movies where there's like a brain with tentacles. That's where it is. And it's not even obfuscated. So I'll walk you through it, going through what's publicly available so you can see it too. Because Hillary Clinton was right. People forget. And what they forget is that they're being duped day in, day out. And this coronavirus, this new impeachment type wave, either which way it goes, is only allowing everyone to see it now. You see the fake news. You see it for what they are, and they're losing. And guys, it should terrify you that they're losing because they don't care about anyone. They will do anything to maintain power. And that is the scariest thing ever. That should terrify you. That you can hear them clawing their way up from the bowels of hell trying to maintain their seats. On that note, I'll leave you off with one of my favorite advertisements. And I'll see you all after this five-minute short break. I'll see you in a bit. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So, uh, as always, Monday through Friday, 12 to 2. I wanted to start the second hour with just a little tie-up for what is going to be happening in regards to uh, today's uh, uh, announcement, I guess, coronavirus. Do I call it an announcement? Okay. Everyone is constantly pushing narratives. 
time to fire Fauci, time to this. Listen, the only way that you can take down an enemy this size, and I'm going to take you back in time to time before my time, and we're going to talk about, uh, you know, some people that you've probably never heard of, uh, people that, you know, you kind of forgot, you know, like Miss Hardy. And, you know, she's actually um, working right now for the International Center for Missing and Exploited Children and how she's connected to tech and how all of this ties in um, because it'll make sense because see, I came in, um, oh, I don't want to say early into it. I was a kid. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was a kid and how can someone so smart be so stupid? It's naive. I have to say naive, but it'll all make sense to you and you'll see where this is going. The only thing that I can tell everyone is the same thing that I've been saying. Listen to no one. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to the news. Listen to yourself. Because once you are able to objectively take a look at things, things make sense. And it's really hard to be objective when we're always subjective, right? We're always subjective. So I want to play this Fox News. And remember, (laughs) some of the first people from way back that said, don't even listen to Fox. Just listen to the president, man. He tells you everything you need to know and what you can know at the moment. And that's it. And there are a lot of good people all over the internet through different modes and means that be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, forum, boards, whatever, that are putting it out there for you so you can put the pieces of the puzzle. But when you stand on the moon, it all makes sense. Remember how I was saying heat map, heat map, look at Syria, look at Idlib. How many times did I say that two years ago? And we see where the tension is. We see where it's going down now, right? If you can just remove yourself, it all makes sense. So while you listen to this, try to remove yourself and see, well, why are they talking about this now? Why wasn't it talked about before? Have those two questions in your mind while you listen to this. And then we'll roll into Miss Hardy. We'll roll into Tack and Brennan and Comey. And you're going to see how this comes down and why it's so difficult. We can't have them on the street ringing bells, screaming shame, shame, because it's really difficult to do that. Um, but you know, Sessions is busy. He's very busy. Remember, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. It was March 25th. What? 9-11 reports comes out that debunks everything people knew about Building 7 and just so happens on that day that another judge retires, even though (laughs) there hasn't been any, like, you know, jury selected yet and right? So these are things that you need to, you know, we need to keep an eye on the cartels. We're moving along. Why? Oh, Comey. Hey, blackmail. Hey, it's going to come into focus. I'm going to try to make it as easy as possible for those that, you know, catch me live on their radio station as they're driving or those that, you know, tap into me through iTunes or iHeart or whatever. I'm going to try to make this as easy as possible because I could talk about this now. And mind you, I have no problem with like say, and I've said this before, when one day I'll be in Congress testifying against Brennan, there is no way that I will allow them to say that I have to do anything behind closed doors. Because you know what? Everything they did was against the law and should be transparent and fully out there. Names, dates, and locations out in the open. Because when you break the law and it's against the Constitution... You should be able to have transparency because they are accountable to us, not closed doors. Us. And (laughs) that's the way it should be. So anyway, 
keep those questions in mind. Why now? Listen. Contributor and former governor of Arkansas, former GOP presidential candidate. Good morning to you. Good morning, Ainsley. Great to be Good with you morning. today. Good great to, morning. Great to have you on. So I'm sure you just heard Jillian's report about the WHO. How do you think they should be held accountable? Well, if Adam Schiff wants to investigate something, here's his target. I mean, this is legitimately something that needs to be looked into. Instead of wasting his time going after the president, who has a few things on his plate, uh, let Congress take a look at what H- uh, WHO did, uh, what they did to conspire with China to cover up the virus. This thing has shut the whole world economy down. And somebody needs to be held accountable. China first, the WHO second. Uh, But I think the president's right. Let's see about slashing their funding. He's also right to say, let's don't eliminate it because then you don't have the right to demand the investigation. And I think the president would be able to get a lot of other countries to join with him in asking for a full accountability. Yeah, FDA Commissioner uh, Gottlieb said they need to recognize Taiwan. Uh, They played a big role in this. They did. They're not recognized on the behest of China. And he goes, China did not show, did not share the strain information and did not make it uh, handy and made it hard uh, to share it. And they couldn't even develop a diagnostic test, obviously. Meanwhile, as we look ahead with the mess that China has given the world, we talk about an economy that shut down and how we plan on opening it up. Dr. Fauci was asked about that, and he says it's not going to be an immediate wide uh, open up the open up the key uh, and just open up the door and we start it up. Listen, we are hoping that at the end of the month we could look around and say, okay, is there any element here that we can safely and cautiously start pulling back on? If so, do it. If not, then just continue to hunker down. And that's what, at least from the standpoint of the public health aspect, that we look at. Other decisions are going to have to be made at the level of the president and the governors about what they are going to do with all of the information they get. So, Governor, do you want to comment on that? I just got a quick follow up on what else Fauci said. Well, look, I I think on one hand, we listen to the health experts. Uh, These are the people that we try to ask what are the worst case scenarios, best case scenarios. But none of those people have been elected. I I just want to remind ourselves, all of us, something. We live in a democracy. We live in a country where we elect our leaders to make decisions. We do not relegate, delegate and give over those decisions to people, uh, no matter how smart they are. We don't give them to people who haven't been elected by we the people. And ultimately, while I respect what they're telling us and we need to listen carefully, these are decisions that are going to be made by the president and by the 50 governors of the states. And uh, they make them based on what's best for their population and balancing uh, the health concerns with the fact that right now we've got millions of people out of work. Our economy is tanked and uh, it is really threatening the civil liberties of a lot of people. And that is a concern to me that I don't hear enough about is how we are shredding the Constitution by telling people uh, such things as you can't sit in a car by yourself. You're going to get arrested. You can't drive up to a church in your own vehicle. And the closest contact you have is with the police officer who comes tells you you can't do it. There's some stuff that ought to scare the daylights out of us for the long term future. Yeah, because, oh, maybe there was a footnote, you know, back then when they did this whole Constitution thing that said all of this doesn't apply when there's a pandemic because this is what it's looking like. Right. So 
listen, why now? Why are they putting Dr. Fauci and Scarf Lady Burks out in the open right now? Why now? Why not before? Why didn't they look into their background and interest before? Why now? Why has the right-wing media, right, the conservative media, the center-right media, the center-left media, the left media, why are they all coming out with things, one in defense, one in offense, right, now? Why didn't they do it before? Because they're all making money too. You think that your conservative outlet of news is not compromised? Are you kidding? Who pays their bills? If the if their bills aren't paid by we the people, <laughs> well, except for NPR because they need to go. <laughs> I mean, we don't even get asked, hey, you want NPR? They just take our money and give it to them. But if they're not funded by we the people, regular people, then they've got interests. Everybody has an interest. Everybody has a price. I've been saying that again and again and again, and I couldn't stress it enough. A price. But what price is it really? Maybe this will help you understand. Dr. Brian. Dr. Fauci also went on in a series of questions with Jake Tapper. He said, look, no doubt about it. If um, the president listened to us and shut down the government earlier, more people, uh, this wouldn't have been as bad or more people would have been alive. Wait a minute. But the president did shut it earlier. They were all saying not to shut it down. Remember, I was the one that repointed, I pointed out weeks ago, wait, didn't the who say that it's not human to human? Remember, little h, little h, remember that? Hmm? That it's not transmissible. Remember how all of them were calling him racist? Because he talked about it at the State of the Union. He talked about it at the beginning of February at State of the Union. He talked about coronavirus, but everybody missed it. Everybody missed it. So now everybody's talking. Well, Fauci said that if he listened to me earlier and did what? What do you mean listen to you earlier? Everybody was busy with impeachment. President Trump was also busy with this because he addressed it during the State of the Union. Shame. And then somebody, the, one of the women, uh, a woman that ran against Nancy Pelosi tweeted out, Anthony Fauci in January and February never said uh, never said that we should shut down the government. In fact, publicly said that it's not going to hit us as bad here as it is in China. And the president retweeted it. It ended with hashtag fire Fauci. Do you believe that there's friction building between the two? Well, I'm sure there is. Look, this this is uh, wearing on everybody's nerves. Is the president going to fire Fauci? Probably not. I mean, he's he's been uh, basically loyal uh, to the president. Uh, he has his own mind, and, and that's one of the reasons the president has him around, to give him advice. But ultimately, it's the president who is uh, the decider, as George W. Bush once famously said. And, and I think that's what we recognize. Okay, so let me tell you, why, fower, why fire Fauci? Why, fower, why fire Burks? Why? Why would you fire them? No, leave them. And you know what? When you allocate funds to the NIH and these AIDS programs, you know, like the love letters. Remember how I talked about those love letters between Yovanovitch and Burks? I talked about that. Just mentioned it. Hey, love letters between the two. Then the allocation of the money goes down to you suck at your job. Look at what you did during this coronavirus thing. Your research is not good. Where are you getting money from? How are we doing this? This gives us the excuse to audit. <laughs> gives us an excuse to audit. You don't have to be mean about it. You just have to check. I want to check. Where's all this money going to? Where are all my, uh, these experts were so experts. How do they get it so wrong? I think we need to audit. Let's see who's working with who, where are you getting money from? Uh Uh-huh. Who are you exchanging data with? Let's see. This is how you take down an enemy the right way.
firing him would be fun. It would be total fun. But what you have to realize is that you're playing one of the biggest roles in one of the biggest Hollywood productions ever. This is all fake, all a facade. So now let's talk about this woman named Hardy, but I'm going to take you back. I'm going to take you back in time to before my time, before my time, way before my time, um, to the United States invasion of Grenada. So a lot of people don't know about this, but it was a U.S. coalition uh, with um, nations uh, where they actually attacked an island, which is near Venezuela. Uh, the operation was called Urgent Fury. So um, Mora and, again, those middle names, everybody has, I have a middle name too, um, everybody, those middle names, she was actually one of the two people that accompanied the Foreign Service Office to, um, with armed forces in Granada to help evacuate, now listen to this, medical students from the island. So, right? Right? That's it. When, so when you invade, you send specific foreign service officers just for your medical students. So before I elaborate to you, now she worked at TAC2, just so you know. She was working at TAC2. Now, just so you understand experiments, I've said this many times. Yes. What they do to humans that they traffic is atrocious. It's not just the, the sex slaves, the, the, the just regular slaves rub my feet or the sustenance, you know, some people just have an acquired taste. It's not just what they can extract and use. Um, but it is actually because it's experimentation. And I've said this many times on air. It's not about the insane, sweaty, kind of like Michael Rappaport. Just looking at his picture, you can picture him drunk, sweaty, assailing victims. You can see it. They have like this look, like De Niro. You know he was a dropout from the Navy. Do you know why? <laughs> Control. He had another job to do. See, that's what they do. He was actually very smart. Did you know that? Very smart. Super smart. A genius. That's why he's so good at acting. Genius. But he, like me, not the same scenario, was uh, taken on for another job. <laughs> Do you think that the that the Central Intelligence Agency has people sitting just at freaking cubicles on telephones and monitoring the internet? Half of the people, half of the hacks and the monitoring they do aren't even in cubicles. They're outsourced. <laughs> To other people. They're not even there. They're not even directly connected because if they do something wrong, they don't want to get in trouble. So let's talk about Miss Hardy for a second, okay? So uh, Miss Mary Mora Ann Hardy, Ma, right? Uh, she, Foreign Service, again, Foreign Service officer, um, she worked attack. At the time when the scrutiny was being happened uh, in regards to the hack, of tech for like passports and stuff, which by the way, happened way earlier than what they said, because I was asked to make a backup of certain, and it wasn't just those three passports. It was a lot of them and, uh, <laughs> celebrities. And I was, and I was a little bit, you know, puzzled how, uh, why are, you know, government officials, you know, stuff and important information on the same, at the same place with, you know, people like, why do I keep forgetting his name? It's like, I, I'm not supposed to remember it. Um, Haley Bieber's dad. Wow. That family. Gosh. Capital One. Oh my gosh. I'm drawing a blank again. Yeah. His information. Why was it on there? 
I'm going to remember someone will DM me the name. Um, uh, who else? Uh, Oprah Winfrey. Um, uh, believe it or not, Ellen DeGeneres, um, um, Hanks, um, um, trying to remember the names. I'm hold on key names. And I can't tell you what I've said. Oh, well, there's Dan Rather, there's Vanderbilt, there's, um, uh, you know, the Cuomo's, uh, there's, um, uh, they, they even had Giuliani stuff too on there. So Rudy Giuliani stuff, um, uh, the Trumps, uh, there were so many people, celebrities, not meaning just Hollywood, right? Uh, they had Madonna. Um, they had, um, Christina Aguilera, believe it or not. I remember that. Cause I was like, who is she? And I, I remember looking up and there was some song genie in the bottle that, um, came up, you know, sometimes when I'd remember, because these are all, you know, what I remember, uh, because I didn't use that to my advantage. Like I said, the backup drive that I made was handed over, but I had a backup drive for that backup drive somewhere. So then that was because I was being careful, not because I wanted to sneak information. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and it's not even in my possession. It's actually in a federal building and they'll never find it. But, and I made sure of that, but, um, and I went back to get it because see, they're so dumb. They just think they have so much power that they think that if they have you in a box and they can control you, that you can never actually snap you know, uh, out of that, you know, need and, 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 you know, the way they have you entrapped with insurance for me, they didn't have insurance, but I, but I'm beginning to think, you know, I mean, look at the spouses always, geez, how does that even happen? (laughs) You think you're smart and you're not, um, you know, look at, you know, what they do to you, how they manufacture things, how they put you in a box, how they do it. They were angry and Brendan made it clear to me. He told me that I needed to know my place because when I saw what I couldn't see, what I saw, what they did to human beings, I was just like, what the, no, how is this even? No. So now that you have kind of a little idea, let's get to where Tack is. So Hardy, Hardy's your FSO. She was in there. What it was her job. She was one of the key people that conducted all the information and recruiting experimentations, experiments, the invasion of Granada. You have to look into that. But why am I bringing this up? See, TAC was the analysis corporation is what it's called, well, is actually based in the United States. Um, and it is a subsidiary, I would say, of the global securities group. She, um, was part every division in the deep state department monitors different areas, right? So we've got controlling certain nations. So we've got EMEA, your APAC nation. Africa is completely different. Even though AFRICOM for the military is, you know, here, it's completely different. Okay. Because Africa is actually more private, um, uh, moved, uh, you know, all the money and all the experiments that go are through private, but they're really not because they're government funded, taxpayer funded. Jeffrey Epstein was the one running point. I've said it many, many times before. I have a file on Epstein that is miles long, miles long with the people that are involved. Do you see what that one picture of Bill Gates? Ask Bill Gates, what kind of experiments Tedros, Bill Gates, and Epstein conducted in Ethiopia because Tedros is Ethiopian. He sold himself for that. 
So that's one thing you need to look at. What have they been operating? What is TAC? TAC is literally funneling information from the U.S. agencies and it's shipping it out directly to the brain center source of all operations based in Luxembourg. And that is something that John Brennan set up with Saudi Muslim Brotherhood money and then came here, used the excuse of a hack while he was president of the company to fix it and use that to blackmail Barack Hussein Obama. Now, who is Barack Hussein Obama? The random fart that came out of nowhere and became president that really pissed off John McCain. John McCain is old school. He is old school. Look at the the, the funeral they gave him. Look at the the ceremony, how, how many senators and congresspersons have died in the past and gotten such a funeral? None, none. So think McCain was really pissed off, but see, they wanted to prove to the old school crowns. And this is why later he went on the apology tour, just so you know, Barack Hussein Obama was a brainchild of, uh, you know, the intelligence community, uh, which his mom, Stanley Ann, was part of, and a bunch of others, that didn't like this old school crown Game of Thrones type thing. They didn't like it. Okay. This is, this is how I, from what I've seen, what derived. He was a petri dish boy. Okay. I don't know, you know, why they keep pushing the whole this, that. Yes, he was raised in Kenya. Yes, they use genetic, but you have to see he's re- he was really actually delivered in Morocco. I'm, he even slipped once and said it. And I've seen it that he has it. He has a Pakistani passport too. How do you think John Brennan went to the Ukraine? You think he used his U.S. passport? Ask him what other passports he has. Well, you better yet, why don't you ask Comey about his passport? Why don't we ask Hillary Clinton of her Qatari passport? These are the questions people should be asking. How do they have multiple passports in assumed names so they can, uh, you know, evade detection? Because, you know, once you're online and you're monitoring everyone, we're also monitoring you, but they're really smart. They use alternate avenues. Why don't, why don't people ask these questions? Because that passport information of McCain, (laughs) uh, you know, Brennan was, was, was naive. I think at first when he started and he rolled into his career, but the more, you know, I had direct associations, I realized that he was just like me. Well, in retrospect now, but he actually got smarter because he used leverage. He liked drinking from that pool of water. You know what I mean? He, he was into drinking from that pool of water. Um, I wasn't because I wasn't okay with it. Uh, even, you know, just when you see horrific things like this, I mean, how can you ever be okay? You've got to have soldiers. You have to be soulless to be okay with this. So this passport information that was used was used as blackmail. And at the same time, if you know, um, you know, Comey, who is friends with Mueller, right? They were buddy, buddy. Ashcroft might have a really good story to tell one day if he would. But Comey was actually sitting on the board of HSBC when they got caught for money laundering for the cartels, right? And what happened to HSBC, right? They got spanked with a fine that was what, like what, two days of work? 
three days of work and all their big guys got bonuses a little bit late. That's basically what you saw. So let's pretend that you're up for FBI director. I think being involved in the bank that washes money for the cartels would automatically disqualify you. In this case, it just expedited it. And, you know, Mueller was able to be extended as FBI director until Comey was done negotiating. Because this is how they work with blackmail. So there was no hack of tech. The people that were fired were just people they wanted to get rid of because they were just too goody-goody. That's all they did. Now, Mora uh, Hardy was actually supposedly fired because of the breach in Obama's passport. It wasn't the case. She was done with what she was doing. And because she was linked to the contractors, they used it as an excuse. But look where she is now. <laughs> She's supposedly helping children, right? International Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Funny how she oversaw all the weird experiments, too. That was her job. That's where she would funnel the USAID. You know, uh, for, for example, let's talk USAID. The former ambassador of the United States in Russia, Teft, you know, this guy with, he looks like a, a, an evil Santa Claus, maybe like Crump or something. Crumpus, what do they call him? I don't even remember the name of that. But he has two kids, right? Two kids, two daughters. Guess where they all work? Oh, yeah, USAID. Where do they give the money to? USAID. USAID, USAID. I've written tons of that stuff and I've dropped a lot of hints in my articles over the years so that people can look to where it is. This is such a hot mess, you guys, and it goes back a long, long time, a long, long time. So let's talk about Brennan. So Brennan and his crew, Hardy is one of them, she went and she's still in a position where she's working right now with the most vulnerable children, of course, right? We have Brennan sitting there giving lip. We have Comey out in the open talking about a higher loyalty. Ask yourself, what is that? Who do Brennan and Comey really work for? Because they obviously work, were not working for Obama. Obama was part of the revolution against the original, the, the OG of the cabal. Okay. He was supposed to be the 2.0 because they were too old school, too slow to this. We could just move it along. You know, it's kind of like that guy, Joey two chains that comes on the block. Right. And he's like the new kid on the block. He's like, Oh, I know better. I know this. I know that, you know, that wasn't Obama, but it was the group of people that were pushing Obama that created Obama. Think where's his history? where did he come from? How do we get leverage on John Roberts? Oh, right. The passport hacks. So think, think, think how they tried to control it. And what they said was, we're smarter than you because do you know why Barack Hussein Obama won in 2008 over McCain? It wasn't about the voters because people are so dumb. They still reelect these people because they're rich and they know better and they know better for us. You know, we're trained to like socialism. Why did he win? Because he was the first person to use the internet for his campaign. And that is well documented. So he proved this point and he won by the skin of his teeth and by stealing it and by using the internet. He was in that new group. It's kind of like, let's pretend there was like old gods that would rule the world. And then the young kids were like rebellious and they wanted to take out daddy because they're better at it. Right. And this is why the rest of the world hated Obama at first. But see, they had John Brennan on the side that made sure that they had him in check. And that's how he blackmailed his way into the position. This is why we had the apology tour later. This is why he started working with all them later. Soros couldn't stand him at first. 
But afterwards, they thought, all right, maybe we need to kind of look at their ideas and use our old school ideas and see how we can merge them together to bring the timeline up a little faster. One thing that I've repeated time and time again is, imagine if Hillary Clinton won. And Hillary Clinton is old school cabal, right? And Matt, where would you be right now? I've been joking about it, but I've with this coronavirus, I already would have been in a gulag, already diagnosed and incinerated because, you know, it's contagious. A lot of you would have been. So think. Brennan blackmailed himself to get into uh, the Obama administration, helped him diffuse the situation with General Flynn. I mean, you can't have good people with a lot of information. And so this is where it all started. It all narrows down. It starts at Tack. Tack and Hardy are the key here. Because through Hardy, you can see how they maneuvered. And why am I saying Hardy? There's so many other FSOs you can follow, right? But one internship that I did, I like to call them internships, was at UBS. I was actually responsible to fix their filing system and keep this. Be like, but it's electronic. It was like 2003, 2004. It's electronic. Mm, no, it's not. Actually, they have hard paper copies. And my right now, the hard paper copy system they use for their headquarters is the one that I implemented. I was really good at organizing things. But I was also really good at making sure that I did what I was told to do while I was there. And while I was there, one common theme that I noticed is that it seems like every foreign service officer, especially Bill Taylor, which, I mean, stop me if I'm wrong. Does he not have an account with UBS? Uh, you know, they all have some weird tie to the same financial institutions because I would see something repetitive. Obviously, I'm not going to put that on my report. I'm not going to be doing anything of that sort um, because, you know, you know, they they didn't like me because I was changing in the way that I was asking questions. Um, so I'm going to take you to UBS because that's where Maura Hardy came up. I saw that the International Organization for Exploitation of Children, for some reason, was getting a lot of money from nowhere. It was really bizarre. And the name on that from, you know, uh, from the documentation was Miss Hardy, which was a little bit confusing. And that's where I was, you know, <laughs> cue music, <laughs> come in. This is where I came in on the administrative side to do paperwork with TAC on the Luxembourg side, like the intake of information, because all the information that's on your FBI database, CIA database, any database, NSA, <laughs> it's all being funneled back there. And you know what they do with it? Compile it. But the weird thing for me that was the problem was that I saw that this organization that's international to supposedly help children. And, you know, I was a new mom at that point. Right. And, 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 and getting, you know, married and, you know, I guess maybe hormones, whatever. I was thinking, wow, they have a lot of money. Like, what are they doing? And then you see that it's going to like clinics, like make a wish foundations and, you know, all these other things it was coming in. And I was just like, it's just really, really bizarre. This is, this is the first time I woke up. Right. But I was still working. 
right? I did my job. That was my job. I, 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 I did what I was told because I was supposed to be protecting my country, right? But I saw that and I would just, you know, glance at it, even though it was, wasn't part of it. It came through my hands. I mean, I refiled everything. And so as I was preparing at Friar and Mountain, there was one little tidbit that came out that was super odd. The Clinton Foundation came out and I was thinking, well, hold on a second. Um, this invoice thing, uh, this, this account slash invoice thing that I was looking at, um, you know, because obviously private entities, you know, even though we're talking about the public figure, I can't give like, you know, that's not, that's just wrong. You have to have boundaries, right? It had weird name on it. (laughs) And I was thinking, well, why is that name on it? That name is a bad name. And I'm like, why would Epstein be signing this document? And right on the back of it was a letter from Brennan to him on behalf of the TAC Corporation. So the Analysis Corporation actually had a retainer with Jeffrey Epstein. This is where I'm taking you to. So this is how it all comes down. You have to go back to the one thing that people would focus on. Cause I could tell you about money. I could tell you about, um, properties that they've purchased cash overseas. I could tell you about cars. I could tell you about hotels, apartments, anything you want. Right. But the one thing I think any human being can find common ground on is children. Right. So this is why I'm using this example for TAC. Now, TAC right now is actually working for our government. So is, so is the Stanley Corporation, which is now called something else. So you have to wonder if all of these companies have been caught for making all these errors. Do you want to call it errors or do we call it what it is? Right. Uh, for all of these things, why is CGI federal and why is TAC? Why are they still part of our federal system? Why are they still being paid with federal tax dollars? Because these are private companies, you guys out. It is so out of control. You can't reel it in. So I'm giving you like a, and I know a lot of people that listen to me and I love it, uh, go in and they look, there's things that I can't say, but I can tell you one thing, Maura Hardy and the TAC and TAC together are the big boom. The passports just happened to coincide. Okay. She didn't get fired because of the passports. Okay. A lot of people say that she didn't get fired because of the passports, because a lot of people believe that she didn't get fired about the passports. And I think that was actually uh, stated on the record by uh, the agency themselves that the analysis corporation didn't fire her because of it. But if you go through emails with WikiLeaks, you'll see some really weird you know, language and what they're doing and how they're processing data and information. And that's the thing. Why are we still employing these companies that are involved with such things? And you have to ask yourself, how is Brennan and Comey? Why are these two clowns so untouchable? Why aren't they being arrested? Ask yourself that, Uh, you know, take a pause and think, all right, so we've got Comey who even wrote a book in your face, laughing, higher loyalty, right? You've got Brennan who's suddenly gotten a little bit quiet, right? who's untouchable. I mean, Hillary Clinton, she has interns tweeting. She can't even see her phone right now because she's starving. But think, 
why are these people still talking? What gives them that? It's called blackmail. Why are your Republicans so corrupt? It's called blackmail. You know, we hear about how Jeffrey Epstein was having blackmail folders and videos and pictures of all these people and with little children and rape and orgies and all that stuff. Well, that's not real blackmail. I mean, they could be like, oh, I was drunk or, you know, whatever. You know, some some countries will reward their guys for going with little girls, you know. What was it that it that that actually came forward? You know, we should ask Krongard. He's the guy you should ask. Howard Krongard. He should be asked, you know, what do you know about, you know, the State Department and the Foreign Service and how all this was going down? Tell me what you know. We should ask Clark Kent Irvin. We should ask him too. Because these are the places we should be looking at. Uh, you know, I've been saying it <laughs> so many times. The inspector generals are the ones that have the keys to the kingdom, yet they don't talk. The inspector generals are the ones we need to remove. How is Linux still the inspector general of the State Department? He knows exactly what's going on. He was the deputy chief of the fraud criminal division. <laughs> he knows he totally knows. He was also the AUSA for California when Schiff was coming up in the ranks and then Virginia. Do you see where we're going with this? Like, what is going on here? He's overseeing what? Residential mortgage-backed securities. He was the counsel of the inspector general for the financial oversight. Tell me how the financials worked out for all of us, right? Tell me. Department of State and U.S. Agency for Global Media Employees. Whoa. Totally sounds like someone I want as my IG right now. This is, this is where it's coming to. Like, I'm, I'm going to find a way to convey the things I know without breaching confidentiality. Because one thing I um, am 100% for is... You never, ever breach the privacy of another person. When I took my oath, I took it really seriously. And that's something that I stand for. So I can tell you one thing about the celebrities. All you have to do is look at Africa. I mean, look at Jack Dorsey. The minute his DMs were hacked, where's he at? Africa. So all people need to do is look at where all of them have been going. And then you'll realize, you know, do you do know that Barack Hussein Obama... George Soros and Hillary Clinton have houses in the same neighborhood that they've purchased in Qatar. Yes, they do. They have homes in Qatar together. <laughs> I mean, once you own property in that nation, usually, usually, especially if you're someone like them, you get awarded citizenship. I'm just saying, you know, passports, kind of like the guy that came and supposedly whistle blew about the Ukraine and blah, 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 has three passports, Ukrainian, Cypriot. Oh, wait till we get to Cyprus. And, um... <laughs> And something else. But his family is in America because they were granted um, 10-year resident visas that expire in 2025. I just thought I'd mention that too. So the TAC Corporation is where we need to start looking because TAC is still working for us. All you have to see is the contracts that they've been awarded lately. This is how we have leaks. This is how they fight our president. This is how everything is being done. And remember, it was I think it was over a year ago that I said, the problem that we have right now is that the executive office is hiring through recommendations. 
And that's the biggest mistake anyone can make. What did I say? Don't hire career officers. Don't hire your military. Don't hire, you know, the guy that's been working here, there, there. You go and headhunt that guy that's running Toys R Us, that guy who's running the gas station, that guy who has a skill. I don't know. Maybe he can like, you know... (laughs) What is it? Juggle a few things in the air at the same time. Find the people you need that, you know, don't fit the profile that don't fit the profile. I can, I can probably find you the best, you know, uh, I don't know, baker, let's say, right. The best baker there is. Um, but you know, that baker has a lot of debt. So, you know, they won't be able to hire him because he won't be able to be cleared because of the way the clearance is made. Obviously with the click of a button, they can delete that, of course, right? That's, that's the way they operate. But <laughs> this is why they keep him in check. They surround our president with the wrong people. But if everybody started looking at it, at TAC, because I work for them and I can tell you what I did. I can tell you the assignments they gave me or the internships. I can tell you that they actually tried to place me right next to the CEO of Deutsche Bank, who I know very, very well, and I didn't pass the smell test. And, and that's because, you know, they were sloppy. But instead, you know, I went to Dresner which was going to be bought out by Deutsche Bank, which was the indirect way to do it. And in the end, you know, the guy that was the person that of interest for them is now leading point in um, clean energy in Singapore. These are all interrelated. This green energy, clean energy, green new deals. It's all a hoax and it's been happening for a very long time. The uh, technology we have, 2002, right? 2002, I actually had, um, I was provided something that looked like a wand. Well, it wasn't like a, it was like a mini, it was a mini scanner, which now is like a dinosaur, I guess, because we take pictures with our phone. But I could like put it on my desk and it looked like a mini printer, right? But it was a scanner. So all I did was like feed papers through that little thing. And, you know, that was something that was created by, um, Lockheed Martin. Uh, so, uh, well, that's where it was sourced from, according to the purchase order. I don't know if they made it or not. But the technology that we've had back then, people don't have now. Um, but it's still now. So when the president says, you have no idea what technology we have, it's, it's pretty insane. And I know that a lot of people from TAC are probably listening and they're just like, well, you know, we do this. Yeah. So you have the front and then you have the perceived and the actual, right? The perceived and the actual, what you see is perceived. The actual is always unseen and that's the way they operate. And John Brennan knows that I've made it clear. Me and him sat right there on the corner. I literally turned around to him with my coffee toes pointing to him. And I was like, I put it out there and I said, Hmm. And he said, the one thing that I loathe, I think it's a trigger point. Know your place. Know my place. I got punished afterwards because what I was told to do really was not something favorable. Like, oh, come on. It's fine. You're with us. No big deal. What it looks like. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Yes, it does. But see, I was dumb. Not dumb. Naive. Naive. And I thought to myself, with the best advice from my daddy was just wait. The time will come. Just wait. And that was it. Why do you think I went back to school, you know, to learn about molecular biology? 
because I saw what they were doing. You know, what idiot says, oh, it's my hobby, so I'm just going to go sign myself up, get another degree, and, um, you know, just do it. 360, uh, in my career because I want to, and it's a hobby and put myself in student debt for it because it's a hobby. No, because I had an obligation to do it. I mean, every single person has an obligation. Like, you know, when you watch those videos where someone's getting beat up on the street, if you're standing there and you're letting the person get beat up, you just as well must've just, just kick him too. And that's how I, that's how I see it. Because I remember that when General Flynn actually was retired, seeing Clapper and Brennan in the audience laughing made my skin crawl. They were laughing. They were finally rid of him and others. They got rid of others too. I mean, the story you hear about Petraeus isn't really real. You know that, right? You know that, right? The story about Monica Lewinsky isn't really, really real. You know that, right? You know that they hide everything. You do know that, you know, Bill Clinton, when he was a little boy as a Rhodes Scholar, he wanted to like, you know, get rid of his U.S. citizenship. Did you know that? Yeah. Because he wanted to rebel against the whole Vietnam thing. Did you know? And the Vietnam thing like really never happened either. But, but these are things that are the perceived. You, you don't, these are the actual things compared to the perceived. And if one thing's for sure, if attack was cracked open, it will lead you back to Europe because I don't think we have jurisdiction in Luxembourg at all to get our hands on it. But everything they have their hands on came from TAC and from the other agencies. That's how it made its way there because they're compiling data because what they're doing is illegal because they want to crunch the data because the only way to control someone is to be able to predict how to control someone. And the only way you can predict how to control someone is by having enough variables in there, enough fed into the computer where it can spit it out with a almost accurate algorithm to give you the result. And I've mentioned before that at a young age, I worked or was trained 1991. I was part of a John Hopkins program as a kid, as a kid, it was like 13, 12, 13. And that was it. Trying to predictive mathematics. It was called, I think computational mathematics, computational something. They would use fancy words. I mean, I was 13. Like what the, I was just really good with numbers. So this is what they've created. And you know, whose uh, model they took and amplified it kind of like what Doug Burgum in North Dakota is doing with that Bison app, right? Bill Binney, he created software to be able to uh, collect data and then, you know, crunch it, like compress it in order to make sense of it, right? With all these variables, you and then you can compress it and get the outcome. Well, they took that and worked on it. And how do they do it? <laughs> Five eyes, nine eyes. This is all BS. Everybody feeds into it. Everybody feeds into it. They know everything. The NSA, direct line, straight there. Verizon, straight there. AT&T, straight to Sprint, T-Mobile, Google, whatever you want is all there. So for all of you thinking, oh, well, I might get hacked. You're totally getting hacked. But I have antivirus, right? They own the antivirus, right? There's nothing hidden. And that's the, the thing because they need to know every single aspect to feed it into. You can thank the tech, 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 tech. Tack and CGI. You can help them. <laughs> funny, right? CGI, right? Hmm. Sounds funny. 
But when you put it all together, it makes sense. And I'm so glad this NDA has gone off my back because I could talk about it. I could talk about how most of the people you see now in the Senate that are Republicans have gone through those doors. Makes me sick. Now, they could have been just certain internships or while they went to college or paper pushing. Yeah, right. Nobody goes there for paper pushing. What about Pelosi's son? People should start asking questions about the analysis corp and, you know, Pelosi Jr. Or Obama and analysis corporation. Oh, wait, let's take it back. Analysis corporation and the department of defense. That's a good one because, you know, everyone's wondering how they get all these leaks and how they anticipate and it's, and, and like I've said, it's wiretaps. How do they know what the president is saying? Wiretaps. Do you really think that Schiff had whistleblowers? Do you really think so? Because if you had a whistleblower, intelligence or not, their name would be all over it. Their face would be all over it because they're coming out and they're saying it. Right? They'd totally be out there. Whistleblower, face and name. I mean, let's talk about a whistleblower with a face and a name. Bill Binney. You can't even discredit this guy, right? Face and name right there. Out in the open right there. Said exactly the same thing I just said, which is, If it's illegal, I should be able to talk about it. There's nothing classified about it if it's breaking the law. Yet for some reason, Schiff hides the whistleblower one, two, whatever, because there wasn't any. Because how is he going to sit there and say, we're wiretapping the White House. We're wiretapping your people. We are accessing their phones as they speak. Like I said, IG Stork should be the first one to go. But I digress. And the thing is, they're not going to do it through the agency. Oh, God, no. It's going to be a private company. Because then it's like, we didn't do it. The contractor did it. We didn't do it. The contractor did it. Oh, like the FBI said, we didn't make the code. The French did it. The French are like, oh, we didn't make the codes. The Russian did it. You know, have you heard about, what was it? Fuzzy Bear, right? You know, you know where that comes from, guys? Yeah. Fuzzy logic is something that TAC created. I just want to put it out there because I worked on those linguistic type programs for them. Mm-hmm. So this is what TAC does. Data collection, foreign languages. This is what TAC did. This is how they were caught. And no one is the wiser. They're blackmailing each other. See, Brendan can't go to jail because then he's taking all these people under the bus. And if he takes these people under the bus, they're taking that person under the bus. How do you arrest them all? I know all of you are probably saying, I want them all arrested. How do you arrest them? How do you arrest them all? How do you get Hollywood arrested all? How do you get your congressman, your senator, your mayor, your councilman? I mean, we did get one down in San Luis, right? But how do you get them all arrested? How do you diffuse this? These are big people. These aren't like, you know, someone that's happenstancing, right? These are big people. How do you fix it? This coronavirus, right? This coronavirus is going to have another greater and better America on the other end. Who was the one that said the Russians hacked the Democrats? 
who was it? It was the, it was Obama's administration, right? Obama CIA, the same CIA that supposedly had a breach of passports and file in 2008. It wasn't in 2008. It was before 2008, just so you know, because it was a lie, a lie and a lie. It was never hacked. It was never, ever hacked. They wanted to get rid of people because people were starting to click on. And this is why they start outsourcing and outsourcing. So one has to say, Barack Hussein Obama, what did he do? He bowed down. He kneeled. Brennan, his analysis corporation, was a private company that he, let me, let me go to Luxembourg. He funded that with Saudi and Qatari money. That is the brain hub right there. And you want to know, people keep saying, oh no, the global uh, security group is actually British. Actually, there's just an office there. Oh, which by the way, Gina Haspel knows very well. So where is she? Why isn't she on top of this? If you are sitting in a house right now, imagine if the house was sitting on floating water. This is exactly how our government is. It is a swamp. When he says swamp, he just doesn't mean ugly creatures because they're ugly and disgusting. He means that there are no foundations. The foundations that we have are fake foundations. They're just like life rafts because these people control it all on the underside. So this coronavirus is something that was intended for bad, but is being turned into good because this is how you can put the stilts and build foundations over the swamp and let it lie under. But for me, draining it is a lot better. So I'll put this together and I'll see maybe put together a report so I can have it more analyzed. I'll take your questions, you know, through email and whatnot. Uh, cause that is, the best way for me to put it out carefully because I don't want to breach privacy, of course. But if you're one of those people that aren't working right now and you're enjoying your staycation, your forced staycation, take a look into TAC, take a look into Mara. And I think it'll all come into focus and you'll see how it all connects together. Ending with an apology tour. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.